Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Taryn, uh, the Mets have clinched a postseason. Are you satisfied, my friend? Uh, no, and I, I don't think they are either. But it was cool to see them have a moment. Uh, I mean, what they've done to this point is, is nothing short of amazing. And um, they had a, a, a nice, well-deserved beer with their friends. Absolutely. I like. Uh, I really enjoyed Pete double-fisting flutes of champagne. Um <laughs> I loved that uh, everyone had like their own their own beer accessible. Pete was drinking summer shandies in in September, but it was still technically summer, so I guess we'll let that slide. Uh, uh, who was it? Dan Dan Vickelback was drinking Miller yeah. High Life, which you know also a great photo of him just slouched in the chair, looking at his <laughs> phone, drinking a beer, looking like any of us uh, trying to figure out what the next move is. So that was uh, that was awesome. What a what a character that guy is. Oh, he's great. I think that, you know, that's, I think it kind of speaks to everything the Mets did this offseason was bringing in guys who would lighten up the clubhouse during tough times, who could also produce on the field. And, you know, you've seen it from everybody. I know that, you know, Vogelback's had some ups and downs since he came over. But, I mean, overall, he's been a well above average, you know, contributor. Uh, weighted runs created plus is somewhere like well above 140, I want to say right now. You know, uh, haven't had the same luck with Darren Ruff, but, you know, across the board, you know, bringing in good clubhouse guys that can also play well uh, seems to be a, you know, a tried and true formula. Yeah. Vogie, uh, I think, especially with this hot streak right now, is playing himself squarely onto the, the playoff roster. And he's going to be an important piece, I think, uh, going forward into October, kind of an X factor for the Mets, uh, getting that production out of his spot. Uh, yeah, Darren Ruff is just having like a tough year in general. Uh, I think he was making it work in San Francisco, um, uh, but it, it clearly hasn't been a, a great fit so far. But the good news is, you know, he's he'll they have his rights for next year, so maybe uh, has a great off season and and turns it around next year. But we'll uh, we'll see. It just that's been tough uh, to watch. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, you can't, you know, you're not going to bat a thousand when you're trading for guys. And I know, I'm, you know, presumably the Mets were hoping that he would be, uh, you know, a guy who could hit lefties, a guy who come off the bench, but without consistent playing time and falling into the funk that he has, it's been really tough for him to find a rhythm. It's still time to do it, but uh, you know, the Mets really aren't worse for the wear right now. They've won six to seven. Um, swept Pittsburgh, took two out of three in Milwaukee. Yeah. Would have night would have been nice to sweep Milwaukee, but uh, I guess there's a bit of an implosion. Um, what would you? What was your takeaway from the uh, Drew Peterson to Drew Smith to Grand Slam game out of hand kind of sequence that we saw on Wednesday? Yeah, uh, it, that was 
Um, I, I, I thought Ty had a pretty good start, um, and then he got into a little bit of trouble, gave up that home run. Adamas was so hot in this series. It was crazy. Um, he's really like single-handedly carrying their offense right now, I feel like. Yelich was uh, Yelich was back for a while. He was hitting well, and then he kind of fell back into a little funk. He really hasn't been the same player in a few years, but uh, I still like him. Yeah, Adamas, he gets red hot, man. He can he, He's like Escobar. When he gets hot, he gets hot. He plays a slick field, too. I, I came away very impressed with him after that series. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, with, with Yelich, like, his back is clearly a problem for him, but um, – yeah, I, I thought that they um, – I still felt good about the Mets' chances until the Grand Slam because um, that is a bullpen that is beleaguered right now. And and I think that Keith was saying on the broadcast that uh, Craig Council has been rubbing his temples and his forehead a lot in this series. Um, so, yeah, I, that was a, a really big-time win, especially beating Corbin Burns on – on uh, in the first game of the series on Monday, that was great. And uh, I think we got to talk about Max. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, coming off the IL, uh, literally, you know, putting out perfect innings, like, like, you know, like it's his job to put up perfect innings. Um, he was incredible. And I think that Max being able to fall back in line without missing a beat, uh, not only, you know, signifies to the rest of the rotation, the rest of the team, like, guys, this is what professionals do. Um, you know, he's been that type of guy, whether it's by example on the field, whether it's what you hear about his work that he's doing in the clubhouse. We'll talk later about possible team MVPs, but all-encompassing, I think Max, <laughs> you know, leadership and otherwise and production, Max has got to be in that conversation. He's been incredible. And if he's back at this level, forget about it. Yeah, uh, that was special to watch. Um, and it's just so cool that he cares so much and and really, like, pushes himself to deliver every time he takes the ball and that he understands that – that the team needs him to take the ball in order to reach their ultimate goal. So, uh, yeah, that was as good as his return could have possibly been, right? Five perfect innings. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that that was the last hiccup in terms of his health and, and knock on wood, he'll be good from here on out. Well, the Mets have, you know, they, they have a few more health issues on their docket now. I mean, Brandon Nimmo came out. I think he got an MRI on Thursday. Uh, reports from the team were that uh, there was no, I guess, ligament or no no damage that they saw. He's day-to-day. Um, you got to hope that that continues. Jeff McNeil looked a little shaken up a couple of times on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to imagine he's playing through some stuff. He really hasn't taken many days off. Yeah, what well, uh that the that was in the in the Wednesday game I think where uh he and Escobar both were going out for that shallow pop up from Yelich and uh and Jeff's leg or foot got trapped in the turf. It's his knee. I don't know how he keeps doing it, bro. He keeps he slides and he digs his knee in and he hits with such force. He takes out these freaking giant Divots. I, it's it's almost impressive how he does it like 
almost every time he tries to do a play like that. Well, Keith was saying on the broadcast that when you jam your knee like that, the jolt actually goes up to the hip. Yeah. And uh, and so he's had that happen to him as well. And that's he was saying that that's why he's had to have hip replacement at uh, like a pretty young age. Oh, I could imagine, you know, just the um, the shock absorption has to be, you know, significant to say the least. And you've seen him do it at second base. You've seen him doing it in right field. Now you see him doing it in left field. Every time he goes to slide and he puts his knees down first, it catches. I don't know what it is. but uh, And then he got a little caught up trying to – I thought he was going to grab um, Brosseau's grand slam. I think it looked – I mean – He went all out for it. Like hanging hanging on the wall. That was like – he made that catch? That's a catch of the century. Yeah. That was uh, that was amazing. I, I gotta be. Uh, I gotta admit, I was a little annoyed that he went all out for it after already being hurt in the in the game. But uh, I don't know if switch, right? Yeah, yeah, he can't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he. Uh, we'll talk about him later as well. And, yes, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff going on right now and flushing within this team. Well, right now in Oakland, I imagine those guys are enjoying their night off in a. Uh, whether it be San Francisco or across the bridge. But um, one more thing to note from the Brewers series, the Mets finally broke the modern major league record of uh, being hit by 106 pitches this season. Mark Canna is up to 24. That's a franchise record. And uh, and Buck was uh, mindful enough to ask for the ball after, yeah. uh, after the major league record. And after the game, he said, I don't have the quote in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase. It would be obscene to tell uh, to the media, to tell them what he was planning on doing with it. (laughs) What could you possibly think Buck was talking about? Like, what's he going to drop it in the toilet and, you know, do his business on it? I mean, what are you going to do? You blow it up? You do it like the Bartman ball? You put it in a box and blow it up with dynamite? Yeah, I I have no idea. You know that uh, the ball that Mark Echo bought, uh, Barry Bonds, 756. He branded it with an asterisk, right? So I don't know. Uh, what, what do you brand this one with? Big old just, middle, uh, just a middle finger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was hilarious. Buck is a funny guy. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, I, you know, I think everyone kind of knew coming into the season that like this is going to be a much different vibe for a Mets manager. I don't think anyone could have <laughs> predicted the, um, just the transparency. And you know that like you can totally tell when he's keeping a tight lip on whatever they're talking about. Cause he'll actually give you like a wry smile. Like, Oh, you're not getting that answer out of me. And I think he's probably said something that to that effect a couple of times, it's just, uh, and then his, you know, his actual dugout demeanor and, and, and decision-making and all the experience, like you see it come out in, every aspect whether it be on the field off the field media whatever he just he plays the part just per- he, he could you know if you were going to write a baseball movie about a manager you would probably model that manager on buck or you could yeah i i think it's a, a very powerful thing the ability in just like a, a few short months about a year less than a year now uh to build a culture where the members of the team want to win for each other. So I, I think that's, uh, that's very special. That's something that Buck should be very proud of. Oh my goodness. And I'm sure that, you know, 
it's in the back of his mind, but they have so much left on the, uh, on the docket to accomplish. And he's, you know, another testament to his work is keeping them focused on the task at hand. I think, you know, telling a roster of 26 adult men uh, who've been, you know, putting their all into their job for the last seven months to take it easy after you just clinched a postseason berth for some guys, um, their first in their career. And, you know, it was reserved and subdued. But like you said earlier, guys got to let it hang out for for a little while. And it was pretty cool to see. And, um, and I saw on uh, on Pete's Instagram post, he hashtagged it Steve drinks. What do we think that do, do we think he's thinking about uh, Cohen or Gelbs? And and what do you think they drink? OK, all right. Cohen drinks champagne. Yeah, and it's actually from the Champagne region of France. I see. I, I see him with like a Vouvre Clicquot or something. Something like something not not pretentious. Something nice, but not pretentious. He probably gets like the the, the forty dollar bottle of wine. He doesn't. Oh. He doesn't have to go for the three hundred dollar bottle. He'll do with the forty dollar bottle. <laughs> I don't think the guy who spends like this on the baseball team or bought all of that art or the shark suspended in a, in a tank of formaldehyde. I don't think that guy is worried about how much he spends on champagne. I doubt he no. even thinks about it. Yeah, but I think that. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt he thinks about it. But you know, if I had that type of money, I just I wouldn't buy something for the price tag. I'd buy something because I like it. You know, what if, you know, some crazy billionaire out there likes craft singles instead of sliced American cheese? Like, you know, if he wants to spend all his money on 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 prepackaged nonsense, go ahead. Like, you know, uh, but honestly, yeah, I, I put a champagne glass in Cohen's hand. Either that or a, like a 16 year old whiskey with two pieces of ice. That's it. You don't want to overwater that. But yeah. I, I bet you he doesn't like it room temperature. Anyway, um, and if it's Gelb's. Oh, if it's Gelbs, for some reason, I see a, a, a light beer in his hand. Yeah, Bud Light. I was going to say that, too. I, I just yeah. hope it's not like a Michelob Ultra. Nothing against Ultras. Hey, Brother Phil, who loves Michelob Ultras. I don't know. Do they still make like a Heineken light? Put a Heineken light in, in Gelbs' hand. I bet he, <laughs> he enjoys that. How about him winning the race? <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, that was so cool. He said uh, uh, that he's going to be a, a Polish sausage because his grandfather's from Poland, and then he, he ends up winning the race. That's awesome. And and to see the uh, the booth reaction. Yeah, Gary was uh, animated. Um, he, you could actually hear, like, the joy in his, in his voice. That was pretty cool. Because, you know, you have to imagine these guys spend so much time together. They've got to be, you know, if not friends, friendly off the air. And, you know, seeing your buddies do something like that, I would be fired up too. That's awesome. And, and the quote of the entire thing, I think, was uh, Keith saying, I'm glad that I'm not flying with you guys back uh, or to uh, Oakland because he's never going to shut up about this on the plane. <laughs> I'd be more concerned about getting the smell from the inside of that uh, that costume off. Oh, that, thing, that thing has to be funky. Wow. Yeah. You know, imagine how many people are running around the field sweating it up in that thing. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. They, I'm sure they got like you know industrial dry cleaning stuff in the uh, in the stadium somewhere. Yeah. But uh, we should take a break. We still have some stuff to talk about. It was it was going to be a quick one, but who knows? All right, let's. Uh, yeah, hang tight. We're going to hear from everybody. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. So, Taryn, I put it out there on Twitter and I was like, I wasn't looking for, uh, for interaction. I was kind of just sharing thoughts as one does on social media. And I said, it's kind of, it's kind of wild how, you know, you could make an argument for any number of Mets players um, to, to kind of tab as the team MVP this year. And I got a lot of responses. A lot of people were pointing at Lindor, and I can't disagree with that. The season that he's had, he's, you know, I think top five in F4 in the in, in MLB right now. Um, you know, he's just having an incredible year. But you can really look up and down the roster and see maybe not, you know, obvious choices, but merit can be handed out to a bunch of guys. The season that Jeff McNeil's having. The season, the, what Chris Bassett and Taiwan Walker have done um, as the rotation's been kind of, you know, not 100% all year. Pete Alonzo, Starling Marte coming over and doing his thing. Mark Canna. I mean, these guys, you would, it's easy to point to Lindor and say, yep, yeah, that's the guy. But man, I don't think without everything else that's happening throughout this lineup, not even on the pitching side, you know, I don't know if Lindor can flourish like he is without the protection around him. I mean, I'm looking at the Mets. This is just their qualified hitters. So it's Lindor, McNeil, Nimmo, Alonzo, Marte, Canna, and Escobar. No one's got a weighted runs created plus below 103. It's Escobar. And, you know, over the last few weeks, he's done terrific things. But you have one through six. Pete's at a 137. Canna is sixth at 128. That's all of your regulars playing pretty much 30% better than the average major league player. This is the stuff that gets overlooked. Now, you could look at Lindor. You could look at Alonzo. You could also look at Max, like you talked about earlier. Yeah. Well, who is your MVP for this team if you had to pick just one? I have to pick just one? Uh, yeah, then it's Lindor uh, because Francisco plays every single day. He is uh, a table setter and he can clear it for this team offensively. Uh, he's been getting on base at a good clip. He uh, and and then defensively, you know, just knowing that Buck can pencil him in at shortstop every single day. He's the guy that wants to play. Um, and then just being a team leader, I, I mean, I, I think he, it, it would either be him or Pete, right? If they were going to name a captain, it would probably end up being Pete because he came through the system, but 
but Lindor is right there. And, and so his leadership can't be overlooked either. I just think that what he's doing right now is, is so special. He adds speed to the team. He's got, I think, 16 steals on the year. Uh, walking a good amount doesn't uh, strike out too much. He is. Uh, he, I mean, this is like peak Lindor. Um, and and if he doesn't get hurt, uh, break that finger earlier this year, I mean, we could be talking about like an MVP level season because he he would have the counting stats. I think that that go along with an award like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, the the it was probably a good three or four week stretch after he broke that finger where he really just wasn't um, playing like he was in April. And uh, you know, once that healed up and he got back into his groove, I mean, it's any slumps that he's fallen into have been very short lived. And and yeah, he's been the glue. I think our, our buddy Austin uh, said it on Twitter on on Thursday. He pointed out the only game that he's missed all year was after breaking his finger. He only missed one game. And yeah. I, you know, that was, you know, it should have been obvious to me, but it wasn't. And it kind of turned the light on like, wow, it just shined his whole season in a, in a different perspective. And it was, um, it makes it even more impressive, I guess. I mean, you can look at Pete and look at the complete hitter that he's become, uh, the, the clutch hitting, the two strike hitting, the power that's still, just tremendous. Um, everything that he's done this year, I think you can look at and be like, yeah, like that's extremely helpful, but is it the most valuable? And, and like we said in the first half, you look at Max, look at the full spectrum of what he brings to the table. And, you know, handing out one is, uh, you know, it's not a real, I get I, I don't even know if the Mets hand out a team MVP. I know they hand out organizational MVPs for the minors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do for the majors. I honestly don't, but <clears throat> it's like a Sterling award, but I don't think the major leaguers are involved in that. But anyway, um, there's just kind of so much to take in as far as you know, the entirety of the roster. You know, picking one guy is fine, but it doesn't happen without – you know, one through six, one through seven, one through nine on a, on some nights. Absolutely, yeah, and and I, I mean, a guy in Starling Marte, I think, has really changed the the makeup of this lineup. Having that that speed power combo that they're regularly sticking in the two spot, um, I yeah, I think he's been fantastic as well because he takes a lot of professional at bats and he has the speed when he wants to or when he thinks it's uh reasonable to run full speed he has the speed to like break up double plays he could steal bases i think he also has like 18 stolen bases i think he's the team leader so um yeah the that's the sign of a great team that they have a lot of different people that we could talk about and it wouldn't be necessarily like a wrong answer and with scherzer i think he's been the stopper every single time there's been any sort of slide uh, you can depend on him when he was when he's healthy to uh, to really provide that ability, and I think that's really important in an ace. So, yeah, it's a lot of good options. And how about Bassett? I mean, with Jake missing a large chunk of the season, with Max being uh, you know hurt at a couple of different points, 
you know, Taiwan Walker's been terrific. Carrasco's been great. Chris Bassett, I mean, this is going back to like June. He's been lights out. He's been incredible. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, when you talk about a team effort and you can look at this from the pitching standpoint, the offensive standpoint, the coaching and staffers standpoint, all of it, it it's, it's been a group effort. 100%. It's uh, it's really incredible. Yeah. And, and I think the bulldog mentality that Bassett has, the fact that he's willing to take the ball and he can throw 114 pitches, save the bullpen. I mean, that, that, that's, really important in a um in a in a staff as well so for him to uh to come through like he has this year it's been awesome i I wonder what he's going to be feeling going back to oakland uh to pitch there this weekend yeah i'm sure that's going to be nice because he flew so far under the radar him and canada um you know solid solid few seasons in oakland or last few seasons i should say and these guys came to new york pretty much you know not unknown but very, very much under the radar. And look what they've been able to do. Just, you know, top contributors, uh, integral parts to, to what's going on here. It's it's um it's all coming together and, and you know, the the, the September's uh, even late August for Nito, but the the recent stretches that the catching position has got, the uh Vogelback snapping back into form has been great. I do have to say, I think Edwin Diaz could probably be in that conversation. Where would the Mets be without an absolute lockdown reliever? We've seen how bad things can get without a guy who can get that job done. Yes. You know, are yeah. the Mets at 95 wins or 95 and 56? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Are they at 95 wins without Edwin Diaz? Are, no, they, at 90, are they at 85? I mean, you never know. We've seen some very, very bad things happen when the bullpen comes in over the years and the luxury of having a guy like Diaz, uh, I don't think that can go, um, you know, under, underspoken. Yeah. I mean, he's been so good that it, it's, <laughs> it's made the trade um, look a lot better now. Hey, Kalnick went two for two today. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still think that like in theory is not uh, a good trade because you're trading like somebody who, probably had a lot of value and then they took on a bad contract. So uh, Edwin's been fantastic. I I still say that there's time for both teams to win that trade to both teams to come out, you know, ahead, I should say. I still think Kellenick is going to be a fine major leaguer. I think he's gotten a very slow start. I think he's been, he's had a tough time. I don't know if it's the competition because they have a lot of good outfielders in Seattle, but I, I still Think the world of him as a ball player. I, I hope he does well. I like Seattle. I like that team. I like that organization. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to check the Phillies score. Phillies playing early. It, I, it was one nothing. It's still one nothing. I saw earlier the Phillies had two on. One nothing. Looks like uh, Ranger Suarez is holding his uh, holding up his end tonight. This is funny, man. It's very weird rooting for. Uh, National League East teams to even when they're beating other National League East teams, it's just strange. Yeah, and and one might need to be enough because uh, Max Fried is on the mound and he's fantastic. Oh my gosh, he's going to win a Cy Young one. Are we going to see both of those guys, him and um, Strider, in that weekend that that weekend in Atlanta? Oh, I'm not sure. I know Strider's a little bit 
banged up right now, but I think he'll probably be back for that series. He's been so good. I'm going to check Fangrass while I have it up because they will give us our uh, upcomings. Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton are lined up for game one and two. And then Schreider would be uh, Sunday the second. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind missing Max Fried. Not at all. I'm gonna be in a I'm gonna be at a wedding during the Saturday night game. So uh I'll be checking in from Mayapack, New York. Yeah, uh, they'll just have to understand if you uh need to look at your phone. <laughs> oh no, oh SNY the app will be streaming on my table the entire night. <laughs> There's many, many interested parties at this party. And uh, I have a feeling we're all going to be just setting up shop somewhere. I probably have to sneak in my my iPad, too. (laughs) You you can't have 10 people watching a phone. Right. Yeah. And and I'm not sure if my cousin's going to be happy about it, but she'll understand. (laughs) She'll have to. There's no. <laughs> no I won't say that. I won't say she'll have to. It's her day. If she says <laughs> phone, we'll just hide it somewhere. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll make it work. Hi, Stephanie. I don't know if you listen, but hi. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else on the docket for tonight? Uh, no, I'm gonna watch football. I'm probably. Yeah. Are uh, you think Judge is gonna hit it tonight? I know, guys. We're we're recording this. It's like quarter to nine, not even uh, Eastern time. And he's been walked twice. But uh, I, I kind of feel like Walk is totally avoiding him. He threw a couple of strikes to him, but nothing in, in, in you know, danger zones. Yeah, I could see him doing it at any point. Like, uh, I don't know why people pitch to him, especially without runners on base. I'd much rather face whoever's after him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's funny to hear – the like the internal struggle between the uh the different networks and major league baseball and the yankees uh trying to get the rights to whatever game Um, uh so tonight it's on fox i think uh tomorrow is apple tv then saturday is uh espn and the yes network is like desperately trying to get uh these games on so i i think that it might be um uh, that on Saturday, Michael K or on Friday that Michael K does the broadcast. And if it were a Mets player, I would want Gary to be doing it. So yeah. I don't know why they like Michael K, but they do. Um, so hey, I don't, I don't mind Michael K. Um, I like him better on the radio than on, than doing Yankee broadcasts. But you know, that's probably like the same thing for a Yankees fan listening to a Mets broadcast. It's almost like a Homer type thing. We enjoy it, of course, as Mets fans and Yankee fans enjoy it, you know, alternatively. But I don't mind him and Don LaGreca on uh, ESPN. I think that they're enjoyable. I don't do a lot of sports radio, but, yeah, I I, I enjoy that show. Yeah, I, I, I maybe it's just my opinion, but I think that um, GKR are, like, uh, pretty objectively – good and uh and well respected across baseball and i don't know if i could say the same (laughs) that's fair that's a very fair assessment i think um with the recent run that judge is on who's your mvp in the american league is it otani or is it judge yeah I, i think judge should probably win because the team is also good so like everything that he's doing really matters uh so i i do think to some extent it is just like 
uh, best player on a good team. But then on addition, in addition to that, he is, um, I, I mean, what he's doing, it's going to be an American league record. And I think that's kind of special and, and, uh, it should be recognized and nobody else is like within 20 home runs of him, right? Like Schwarber's at 40, maybe Dude, he's, and- leading, he's leading the majors in 10 offensive categories. So it's not a league triple crown. It's an MLB to cup to couple. Is that the right word? Uh, uh I don't ten. Know. So it's a tri- three is triple. What's ten to couple? Yeah, like a, de- a decathlon. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Decathlon, yeah, but, like a decathlon, but you, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and he's and he's winning every single event. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that he's got uh, the MLB decathlon. Let's call it that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he is. Uh, he's doing something really special, and it's worth uh, caring about. And uh, now, guys, a stud. Have you seen people saying that this is the most, I guess, the best offensive season ever? And of course, people are up in arms because you know, even though that baseball likes to not talk about him, it's very tough to to forget Barry Bonds in the season. Yeah, yeah. I think that Judge may be having a Bonds-esque season simply because the fact pitchers are pitching to him. Bonds was on base at historical clips because guys weren't pitching to him. And when they were pitching to him, he was taking them deep because he was incredible. But, you know, all those intentional walks, that was just, you know, Judge doesn't get that treatment and he's still on base at a ridiculous clip. They just put a stat up. He's hitting 480 over his last 20 games or something like that. Like, without this last push... I would probably give it to Otani, the AL MVP, but what he's done over the last month of the season, he he's locked it up. He's incredible. He's amazing. Yeah. He's a, he's a machine. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think it's him. Uh, funny stat uh, about bonds and intentional walks. Uh, I think he still personally has more intentional walks than the Tampa Bay Rays do as a franchise in their history. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like, cause, I mean, I remember it. I mean, I was watching at the time and, 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 you know, it was almost comical how guys just refused to pitch to him. And for a while they would pitch around him, but then he would take that ball that's eight inches outside and still send it, you know, down the right field, uh, down the, um, the left field line. Like he could just do that as a hitter. He could do whatever he wanted as a hitter. He was the best hitter I ever saw. I just stopped pitching to him. And then they eventually, they just resorted to intentional walks. And it's, um, judges seeing, I I saw someone put up a stat. I believe it was Mike Petriello at MLB that judges seen more fastballs in September, like considerably more than at all this season and more than ever in his career, which is just mind bottling. Yeah. That's not how I would attack him. I'd probably attack him like, Scherzer did when he uh, was um, able to strike him out three times, just a ton of sliders away and see if he can lay off. Um, Walker just went with a sinker in and it was perfect. It was, mm-hmm. it was perfect. It, it, it tied him up and you don't see judge get tied up off, often. Shout out to Emily Nyman at the break balls podcast, her and our, my buddy, John. Um, she made a real good point this week. How yeah, guys are pitching judge and they're pitching him. They're giving him fastballs to hit. But how many times, especially as Mets fans, as baseball fans, do we see guys miss balls, miss pitches, 
that are right down Broadway that they should crush. But they, you know, they send them, they foul them back. You know, they ground them out. They get over them, whatever. Judge just hasn't been missing. I think that makes it. He, what he's doing is it's, you know, like I said, it, it, it feels like it's Bonds-esque, at least this last, you know, few weeks uh, making this run. You know, what do they have? 13 games left after tonight? He could, If he keeps on this hot stretch, he could realistically probably hit five more. Yeah. 66, that would be crazy. That's that's Sammy Sosa, man. Yeah. Um, you know, it was Buck that intentionally walked Bonds with the bases loaded. With the bases loaded, I do. Yeah. And I, I think he, I've heard him say he would do it again. Yeah, I, I think he's right. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think I, it, it was right. It was bases loaded. He walked in a run, right? Yeah. Yeah. Better one than four, I guess. Yeah. And especially at that time when the, the you know, Arizona was still a good team time. Um, right. That was 99. They won in, no, it was 2000. They won in 01. He was gone the year before. Yes. So, yeah, that was 2000. He wasn't quite at 73 yet, but, you know, that's how you approach one of the greatest hitters to ever play the game. You know, I can remember like Miguel Cabrera or Albert Pujols. None of these guys have really gotten that sort of treatment. Maybe Pujols, like at his height, you know, get an intentional walk here or there, but not like not like Bonds got. And now with, with Judge, it seems like guys are eager to attack. It's just we got way off topic, but this is a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I think that's a good place to leave it, and we'll uh, we'll <laughs> cut on it. Uh, uh, someone wants to go watch football, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there I, is a mess side to cheering. Yeah, I got she's she's finishing cheering literally ten minutes. I have to get to the school like now. Mets are the favorite to to sign him per Vegas, so. There is a Mets tie to everything that the judge is doing because it's possible to <laughs> wearing orange and blue in, in a few months. But oh, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll 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 keep it moving. Oh, the Bronx will be burning. Oh, my <laughs> God. They would be flipping out. All right, guys. Um, weekend series in Oakland. Mets are late on Saturday, late afternoon, Saturday, uh, late Friday, late afternoon, Saturday and Sunday. Big three going. You got Bassett. Max and Jay are back. Bassett, Jake, and Max. And uh, yeah, let's head back to Flushing with some wins, right? Absolutely. All right, guys, you know the sign off. It's let's fucking go, Mets. We will see you next time. Peace.